when we want to harness our soul power, when we want to harness our ability to attract whatever we want in life, whether that's money, whether that's love, whether that's happiness, joy, friendships, or health, when we want to truly tap into that, it requires both our masculine side and our feminine side. And the problem is, is that nowadays in society, a lot of wounded women are living in their high masculine. The clearer you are with what you want in life, the more likely you are to attract it because you're not a victim to life. When you truly, truly tap into the depths of who you are and who God is, you start to realize that essentially you're one and the same and you have the ability to create because you were born from God. And that means that you are like God. And that means the same ability that God has to create life, you have the same ability to create your life so you don't have to settle. But when a woman is so fascinated with the notion of calling her ex a narcissist, right? Which maybe he was. What she doesn't realize is that that word labels that man, labels the energy of the relationship, and puts her in the energy of victimization. That word narcissist is being weaponized. It's like you had a bad breakup and all of a sudden everybody's a narcissist. That is what the ego does. The ego puts everyone and everything in a box. The ego programs you to be a victim to your external circumstance. You gotta accept that anything that you receive in a relationship from another human being, you are the co-creator of it. The real shit comes when you gotta deal with the fact that you have not forgiven your mother. The real shit comes when you have to accept them for who they are. Real healing comes when you realize that the, the parts of you that have resentment towards your mother and your father, what you really have resentment towards is God and life itself. That's when it gets deep. Thank you for giving me the space to speak about this because I when I admit something that I've never admitted publicly. to Diary of an Empath. My next guest is Danny Morell. Danny is a world-renowned business strategist and entrepreneur turned life coach and spiritual guide. He's also the host of the number one spirituality podcast, The Higher Self Podcast. He has discovered the bridge between business and spirituality, true abundance in finances, relationships, and health. He's taught thousands of others how they can achieve this. And today we're going to discuss how you can too. So Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. So, you know, it's funny. I came across your page originally and you want to know the one thing that stuck out to me was your huge amethyst in the background. And I was like, oh. okay, I got I, I to gotta listen to this guy. I want to hear what he has to say because I love your concept on spirituality and I'm very spiritual myself. And as a fellow podcaster, that kind of drew me to you. But I want to know how you kind of got into the field that you're in now. What's your background? Where did you grow up? And how did this road get to where you're at now in your career? Yeah, I'll give you the three minute version. I was born in New York City. I am, by the way, uh, Ecuadorian and Dominican. Uh, my mother was Ecuadorian. My father was Dominican. I was born in New York City. And um, when my parents divorced at age 13, I was moved to California. And when that happened, I, I essentially lost my childhood in that moment because my mother was too afraid to drive. And so I had to learn how to drive. So I was driving our family around because there was no subways in California um, mm. at the age of 13. 
And I quickly became the man of the house and I had to raise, you know, not only myself, but look over my, my middle brother, Omar. And then really I raised my younger, my baby brother, Anthony. And um, at 18 years old, I, I kind of like looked around and I had this moment where I realized, you know, we were living in poverty. We were on welfare. We were in a two bedroom apartment and I realized no one was going to come, come and save us. And, and my mom got, God bless her soul, but she she just wasn't a very um like uh entrepreneurial or confident woman she was very shy in nature and i i looked around i thought we're never going to get out of here you know we're never going to get out of here we're never going to live in a beautiful home if i don't do it and so i in that moment i was about 18 and a half years old and i just made myself a goal and i said i'm going to buy my mama house by the time i'm 21 years old and that led me into a journey in real estate and I had all the success in the world. At the peak, we were doing a billion in annual sales. We had 400 agents and 30 staff. And um, and yet I was miserable. I was miserable. And I didn't even know that I was miserable because I didn't even know that having success and being miserable was a thing. But when I finally woke up is when my mom passed away. And I realized that my entire life, my entire existence was all built around the fact that I was afraid of people knowing who I really was. I was afraid of receiving real love. And I had built up this life where, you know, I was like the star and I had this big business and these big seminars and these big cars and all these custom suits because it was all a show. And it was all a show that was uh, a reflection of what I didn't have insight, which is the most important thing that a human being can have is a relationship with themselves. And when I found that, I went on a deep spiritual journey. And, uh, you know, three years later, I, I found myself and I thought to myself, my God, if, if I was living like this, how many other human beings are living like this? And that's why I do the work that I do now is I just, I just want to help people return to themselves. Yeah, thank you for sharing your your story and and for being vulnerable. I went through like a lot of similar um, things than you. Different journey, but very similar. You know, I grew up in Chicago. You know, not the greatest upbringing, a lot of trauma, and you know, I I went into the Marine Corps, did my military thing, got the degrees. You know, became a therapist, and I I achieved everything that I wanted to do. And I found myself miserable. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel fulfilled, and I couldn't figure out what that void was. And it was like the spiritual journey and awakening that I had came very sudden and it hit me very hard. And all of a sudden, it just seemed like things started aligning and what I thought I was going to do ended up being completely different than the journey that I had outlined for myself for so long. So for you, you know, going into this spiritual journey, you know, you always talk about the spirituality in your personal and professional life. How has that practice influenced your approach to business and leadership? Yeah, I... See, I don't think that they're separate. I, I, I don't think that your business is separate from you. And I don't think that your leadership capacity is separate than you. I believe all things in your life are a reflection of you and who you are. And I believe that, um, you know, when you really discover yourself, uh, money and whatever it is that you choose to, um, to, to make a living or grow a business when it's truly your life's purpose, it comes from the deepest parts of your heart and soul. 
So it is you, right? So whatever business you do, whether it's, you know, cooking at a restaurant or whether it's um, making a trinket or writing a book or designing clothes, it's because it lights your soul on fire, you know? And so I'd like to think that my business now and, and my leadership now, it's all a reflection of who I am and it's all a reflection of how I treat people, how I care for people, the the, mm-hmm. the vision that I have for the impact that I could have on people. And as such, I don't really think of them as separate, to be honest. So they're just all me. Yeah, I agree. I think same thing with me, like how I approach people, therapy, how I approach my podcast, how I approach my business. It's all part of just who I am, just different versions of myself. And I think that spiritual component is like the core of who I am and how I view people. And I kind of stopped taking things personal too. Like I know that that's, you know, your trauma or your journey and I can acknowledge some things, but I just let things go more now. And I think that it's actually helped me to be a better business person. It's helped me to be a better role model. It's helped me to be a better mom. Um, For you, you know, I, I love how you talk about the feminine and the masculine. And I want to touch on this because I hear you talk about this a lot. I think a lot of people get confused with masculine only being a man and feminine only being a woman. I would love for you to break that down. What is the masculine? What is the feminine? What does this mean? Well, I I want to break it down by using nature as an example. If you look at an avocado, right? An avocado is something that we all love to eat, right? Or at least most of us all love to eat. But if you look at an avocado, for an avocado to be born and created, the avocado tree has to have a masculine tree, a male tree, and the feminine tree, the the female tree. If not, I don't care how many male specimens of avocado trees you get, you ain't going to get the avocado, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is us as human beings. And that is God in essence itself. We as human beings create these paradigms where we put God in a box, right? And God is a man and God looks like this or whatever the case may be. And and that is, a friend of mine just shared this with me, that is God the lowercase g, you know? God the lowercase g is when we really haven't discovered the true source of infinite love, right? The true source of life. And when we discovered that, you couldn't possibly even put that into a word called God because it's infinite. It's everything and it's nothing and it's love and it's, it's, it's everything, right? And so the reason why I bring that up and I preface that is because the truest journey that we can go on as human beings is to discover both sides of us. Because you and I or any human being, whatever darkness is trying to do to us right now, we could not become who we are and we couldn't be born without both masculine and feminine energy, a woman and a man. And to make it very clear, a man has a penis and a woman has a vagina. And in the act of sex, the woman's body opens up to receiving the man. So energetically, when you look at energy, feminine energy is receiving. It wants to receive life. And with that receivership, it creates life. And the man, the masculine energy, gives and provides. And together, that is how life is created. And that is very important for us to understand because when we want to harness the true power of our life, when we want to harness our soul power, when we want to harness our ability to attract whatever we want in life, 
by the way, in limitless capacities, whether that's money, whether that's love, whether that's happiness, joy, friendships, or health, when we want to truly tap into that, it requires both our masculine side and our feminine side. And the problem is, is that nowadays in society, a lot of wounded women are living in their high masculine, right? And a lot of wounded men are living in their feminine. And what happens is, is that we're out of balance because the world is trying to get us to be and become the very opposite of who we really are, right? And so some of the work that we do is we help people to rebalance both and to be in alignment with both energies in a healthy way. And what I have discovered is that when a human being does this, whether you're a man or a woman, the effort that you used to have to put in to make the money that you make, for example, it diminishes by half and you make three times the money. The effort that you have you used to have to put in the gym to have the body that you wanted, it diminishes in half and you get three times of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Everything just comes that much more easier because you're now attracting and receiving with incorporation with your vision and your decision. That is the difference and that is the harnessing of both masculine and feminine. So let's break that down. So you talk about the wounded, the you know the wounded masculine, the wounded feminine. We have dating that is so frustrating, in my opinion, especially modern dating. What do you think the problem with modern dating is, and how do we connect with that masculinity? How do we connect with that femininity? And where is the challenges with that right now, in your opinion? Yeah, the problem with modern dating is modern human beings. The modern human being is a fragmented human being. It's a human being that is living in the energy of fear. It's a human being that is living life externally, which means that they're living life from the outside in. It's a human being that needs outside of them, whether it's alcohol or sex or a partner or validation or power or success or followers. They need outside of them to fulfill what's inside of them, right? We didn't used to be like this. Before there was buildings, before there was any of this stuff, before there were even clothes, human beings were all in love. We were all in love because we didn't judge each other. We didn't look at each other because of our skin. We didn't look at each other or judge, for example, women because of how they looked. We didn't know any of that. All of that we've been taught. And the further and further along in time we get, the worse and worse it gets. And so the reality of the situation is is that both men and women are in need. And when you're in a position of needing someone, the matrix, the system is happily going to develop something for you to distract you. So what does it do? It gives you this app. And it gives you three or four or five different options of apps. So you can sit Mm -hmm. there and judge people strictly from the need that you want. So if I'm a man, if I'm a man, right? And if I'm a man that is disconnected from his heart, and if I'm a man that doesn't know what true love means, that true love is found in the heart. For that matter, how could I know that as a man if if I'm not connected with my own heart? right? But if I'm a man that is disconnected from his heart, then the world shows me that what I'm looking for is a woman that looks a certain way. 
So then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go on the dating app and I'm going to swipe, 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 swipe. And it's all based off of looks and it's all based off of looks. And I'm only going to want like the ones that, by the way, everybody else is liking all based off of one characteristic in life and in relationships, looks, right? Mm -hmm. This is is what happens with a man. And then what happens when a man goes on a spiritual journey, and I can say this because I experienced this myself back when I was single, I had just gotten off of an ayahuasca journey and I was on the dating app, to be honest with you. I was on the Mm -hmm. dating app and I was just getting off an ayahuasca journey and like my heart was wide open and I was like, oh my God, I like her. Oh my God, I like her. Oh, wow. I like her. I, I, I liked everybody. I liked everybody because the judgmental side of me was gone and yes. it feels so beautiful and so powerful, but to be in that hard space within yourself where it, it's like what the world teaches you, you want and need, you no longer need because you're connected to the truth of who you are. Right. Same for a woman, a woman, unfortunately, society has created this like ticking time bomb where a woman has to have a baby by a certain age and has to be married by a certain age because if they don't have a baby or are not married by a certain age, then there is something wrong with them. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of religion for that woman and that man, by the way, that says you cannot have sex before you get married because then you're a sinner and you're evil and you're going to go to hell. You sprinkle in all of these things that society and religion has created and the woman feels a lot of pressure. She feels a lot of pressure because at the age of 26 or 27 years old, all of her friends are getting married and she's not married. Maybe her heart's desire is to go out and travel and to discover the world and to live life and to just live in love. And and yet she's not able to because she has pressure and she feels as if there's something wrong with me, right? So then she goes on the dating app and she goes and she starts looking based off of the qualifications that the world tells her she needs to find. She needs to find a successful man, a man that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, 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 uh, that is, that is able to, to bring home the money, uh, a man that is the alpha man, that is the powerful man. Right. And yet what she's not realizing is that, yeah, that is the, comp- one of the components that a man needs to provide. A man needs to be able to provide financially. Yes, but he's got to be able to provide emotionally, spiritually, and sexually as well. If not at some point in time in that relationship, trust is going to be lost Passion is going to be lost and respect is going to be lost. And so the reality is, if you're asking me what's wrong with the modern dating culture, it's not the dating culture. It's what's wrong with human beings today. And if we can help heal human beings, then we'll help heal dating and we'll help relationships. We'll help the family. We'll help children. We'll help the world. Yeah, it's the paradox of choice. When you have too much choice, I think people have a harder time making a decision, number one. And I relate to that because when I had my spiritual awakening, and I look back, I only used to date one type. If you look at all my exes, they're all the same. They look like they could be brothers. They have a similar type of behaviors. They have a similar like toxicity, you know, similar high highs, (laughs) low lows. And when I had my awakening, and I really can say this, did the work, still doing the work, by the way, um, I noticed I started becoming attracted to all types of different people. I'm like, oh, I like, I like Asian guys. I like white guys. I like, I like all of them, you know, and they're all becoming very attractive, but it's not just that somebody who, you know, I physically wasn't attracted to before now, personality wise, they may bring X and Y to the table. And you tell me that you've done therapy or you've done spiritual work. Ooh, then you really become attractive. (laughs) 
so funny that you're saying that because the more and more you get in touch with your own emotions, the more and more you will no longer date or put up with people that are not in touch with their emotions. And the yes. more and more that you're in touch with your own emotions, the more and more that you're in touch with looking at people differently, not based off mm -hmm. of what's outside of them, but based off of what's inside of them. And then for some of us, based off of what's outside and inside. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you being very clear with what it is that you want in life. The clearer you are with what you want in life, the more likely you are to attract it because you're not a victim to life. And that's one thing people live in is in the energy of victimization. When you truly, truly tap into the depths of who you are and who God is, you start to realize that essentially you're one and the same and you have the ability to create because you were born from God. And that means that you are like God. And that means the same ability that God has to create life, you have the same ability to create your life. So you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for anything, but everyone settles for everything. Why? Because they haven't awakened and they haven't discovered who they really are yet. You all know that I stand by the recommendations that I give. I only give recommendations for products that are ethical and that are going to add value to my audience and something that I personally use. I would never recommend anything that I feel would not be beneficial. I've been using a product from Athletic Greens called AG1 for about two years now, and I recently partnered with them. I use AG1 in the morning, and it's part of my morning routine, and it makes me feel healthy. It makes me feel like I'm ready to go when I'm doing that because I love that I'm nourishing my body. Another thing that I love about AG1 is that it's one product. I don't have to take multiple supplements because before I was taking a bunch and I would forget and I wasn't on top of the things that I was taking. I would miss a few days here and there. So I love that everything is in one product. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Go to www.athleticgreens.com slash empath. That's www.athleticgreens.com slash empath. You will only get the free vitamin D one-year supply and the travel packs by clicking on that link. If you go to their website and order on your own, you're not going to get those free gifts. So make sure you use the link. If you order it, please let me know if you like it, if it's working for you. It's something that I'm going to continue using because your health is your foundation. If you don't take care of your health, everything else will crumble above it. So I'm putting my health as a priority and I want you to do the same as well. Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. I love that. And I think too, for me, I wasn't afraid to be alone. There was a period in my life that I yearned for a relationship so much. And I, you know, I have a big heart. I'm very empathic, but I'm to the point now where I'm okay. Like if it comes to me and it's attractive and, you know, it's the right circumstances, I'm very open to it. But I'm also really content being by myself for the first time. I think a lot of women, especially in women, I'm gonna call you out a little bit, we get into these echo chambers, whether it's on social media, or family, or friends, or like all oh, men ain't shit, you know, and that's the, that's the thing when you're in these echo chambers, you're going to get on that vibration. And that vibration is what you're going to attract or not attract. <laughs> so you got to be careful. 
Yeah, it's thank you for giving me the space to speak about this because I've been looking at speaking about this for a while. It's like it's like there's this movement right now with like the whole narcissist thing, right? Oh, yeah. And and I want to touch on this for a moment because I am in no way, shape, or form saying that there are not men that are in their in like real toxic behavior. But when a woman is so fascinated with the notion of calling her ex a narcissist, right? Which maybe he was. What she doesn't realize is that that word labels that man, labels the energy of the relationship and puts her in the energy of victimization. It literally gives her something to escape to. It gives her something to blame for the circumstance of her life, which by the way, I'm not saying that she doesn't have every right to, but when a woman is busy in that energy, guess what she's saying? She's saying, I was a victim to that man, which maybe you were victimized, but you have a choice to be a victim. Mm-hmm. And, and that and that's very, very powerful because that word narcissist is being weaponized. It's like you had a bad breakup and all of a sudden everybody's a narcissist. Well, he was a narcissist. And then you get into these little groups with all of these other women who were victims to narcissists. And all you do is you, you talk about the fact that he was a narcissist. Women, that is what the ego does. The ego puts everyone and everything in a box. The ego programs you to be a victim to your external circumstance. And I want to challenge women. And I want to say, if you want to truly change your life, step out of that energy. Was he a narcissist? Maybe. What now? What now? Are you going to live the rest of your life with this notion that I once was with, are you going to be 80 years old? Oh, he is such a narcissist and he was a narcissist and he ruined my life. Because what good is that going to do? What you're showing is your inability to let go. You're showing the actual, you're showing your inability to not accept the ebbs and flows of life. You're showing an ununderstanding of life and you're showing an ununderstanding of who you are and how you from your energy drew in that man and accepted that man into your life and how also you from your energy and your power have the ability to let go of that story, let go of that relationship, let go of that vibration and choose to move on. The same way you have the right to choose to stay in there and to attract other women who want to talk about how they were victimized to a narcissist, knock yourself out. Don't get me wrong. Knock yourself out. Just understand that energetically you are chopping yourself off off the legs and you're blocking yourself from the energy of abundance because the energy of abundance is love and the energy of love is letting go acceptance and forgiveness. Yeah. I want to touch on this. I agree with you. And I say to women all the time and men, you know, some men that have gone through this. So I want to touch on number one, I agree. Uh, narcissist is very, it's very fluid right now on the internet. And there's a very, very small percentage of the population that do truly have narcissistic personality disorder. We all have yes. narcissistic traits. Some people are just a little higher on the scale. That doesn't mean they have true NPD. Are there some that are out there? Absolutely. But I do agree with you that even if you've gone through a toxic situation, an abusive situation, a narcissistic situation, 
when you come out of that situation, you have to choose to heal. Healing is up to you because nobody is going to come here and pick up the pieces for you. Even if you have all the help in the world, you have to make the choice. And if you make the choice to stay in that vibration, which is a lower vibration, a victimization, no one has taken away that it happened to you. It's not your fault that these things happened to you. It's not your fault that someone manipulated you. It's not your fault that someone cheated on you or whatever they did. But you now have the responsibility of what do I do from here? Where do I go from here? That healing has to be done by you. And healing, it sucks. It's hard. It literally forces you to to face things that you maybe haven't faced in years. It doesn't feel good. So what do people do? They avoid. We avoid things that make us feel good. We turn to alcohol. We turn to drugs. We turn to the internet. Yeah. And, and while we're avoiding the ego looks for other people who think like we think so that our Bingo. feelings validated. That's what we do. And you know what? And I'm going to bring this up. I, I haven't said this, but I'm just going to say this. Go I, I'm going to admit something that I've never admitted publicly. I am now realizing in my new relationship that I have narcissistic tendencies. Okay. There's parts of me that is a little selfish, right? There's parts of me that doesn't want to see the other person's point of view. And yet I will say in my new relationship, all of that has had a safe enough place to be able to look at it, address it, acknowledge it, heal it and let it go, you know? And, and that's where I've got to be able to challenge um, women and men to understand is that when your heart is open and you are truly ready to heal, you got to accept that anything that you received in a relationship from another human being, you were the co-creator of it. You were the co-creator of it. Because when a human being feels safe, guess what? A human being can heal. A human being can acknowledge, a human being can look at the parts of them that maybe they're not too proud of and go, wow, I didn't realize I was acting that way. You know what? I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that because I don't want to be like that anymore, right? But if a human being is not safe to feel that, right, or is in a place in their life where they don't want to acknowledge that, then you have to, you have to ask yourself the question, where was my responsibility in this? And if you're truly ready to heal, healing comes from personal responsibility. It comes from you looking within yourself and saying, wow, like those are parts of me. Those are parts of me that, yeah, I learned. And yeah, maybe I was in situations that caused me to be this way, but I take ownership of them. And now that I take ownership of them, guess what? They can no longer control me if I don't allow them to. And I get to step into a space where I get to heal them. And I heal them by bringing them up, looking at them, accepting them, forgiving myself for them, and then letting them go. And that is true healing right there. I wonder for you, I don't even, I don't know you, but I almost wonder for you that maybe it's not so much narcissistic, but do you feel like maybe it's more you protecting your energy because you have a new person in your space, you've done all this spiritual work and now it's kind of like, is this a threat? Is it not a threat? How do you, how do you view it? You know, if I'm honest, it's just, it's just, I'm coming from a relationship where to be honest, I don't even know what a narcissist is anymore because I'm called a narcissist by my former partner and I provide financially. I take care of my children. I, I do everything in my power to be in good communication and good relationship and, and to honor. But but I don't even know what a narcissist is anymore, to be honest. <laughs> with you. 
so so the, the whole subject is a little bit confusing for me. I think the main crust of my message is, is that, look, we're all going to go through situations in life that hurt us. We're all going to go through situations in life that wound us. The question is, what are you going to do about it? And, mm-hmm. and, it, and if you stay in that energy, which you have the, the right to do, just be aware that it's going to end up showing up later on in life because fear, resentment, and anger, it manifests into something. It always manifests into something. And quite frankly, that's why so many of us are ill. That's why mm-hmm. so many of us are ill because we're in relationships where we're not loved. We're in relationships where we don't feel appreciated. We're in relationships because we don't feel like we can speak our truth. And all of that energy is trapped inside of us. And when the human body has energy that is trapped inside of it, it masticizes into illness. And that's why most people deal with autoimmune diseases. That's why most people deal yes. with cancers and with all of these illnesses is that no one is here to tell them. The truth is you got to go backwards and heal what you went through as a little boy and as a little girl. And you got to forgive. You got to forgive your mother. You got to forgive your father. You got to forgive your grandfather and your grandmother and your ancestors. And you got to heal that part of you because until you do that, all of that resentment is causing the autoimmune disease that is causing you to need the pills that you need to take all the time, which makes you a profit machine for the system. And all you have to do is forgive and heal your heart. So where does somebody start? If they're listening and they're like, okay, Danny, like I get it. I need to heal. I want to heal, but I don't know where to start or how to go about doing this. Do I start with my spiritual side? Do I start with the pills? Do I start with a therapist? What's your opinion on that? Where does someone start when they want to really get into their healing and their spiritual journey? Yeah, you start with sitting in silence. You start with putting your hand over your heart and your, your, your hand for a woman, especially her hand over her womb, which is, which is where she creates from. You start with sitting in silence and just letting whatever comes up, comes up. And for me, I couldn't sit 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And my mind would go, no, 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 I don't want that. And then you, and you start by going, uh-uh, get your ass back in there. And you start with sitting in silence. And your mind just starts to, uh-uh, sit your ass back in there. I'm not going to allow you to do this to me anymore, mind. I want to connect to my heart. I want to connect to my truth, right? And then you do that. And you do that for five minutes a day. And then 10 minutes a day. And then 15 minutes a day. And while you're doing that, you breathe. And you put all of your energy and your focus into that breath. Because when you put all of your energy and focus into breath, you're putting your energy and your focus into your life, into the source that sustains you, right? And when you can put all of your energy and your focus into breath, guess what starts happening? When you start learning to sit in breathing, conscious breathing, and conscious or uh, uh, conscious meditation, what starts to happen is pretty soon this thing up here starts to go away. And when this thing up here starts to go away, guess what starts to open up? This thing right here starts to open up. Your heart chakra starts to open up. Your crown chakra starts to open up. You start to open up to the power of receiving from God, from source. And you start to get to some pretty profound spiritual experiences 
where this is quiet and this is open and this is open and healing starts to come into place. And you start to realize all of the places in your life where you have unforgiveness and you have woundings and you have so many different things in your life that are keeping you from love, right? And then you get to start to deal with them. And that's where the rubber meets the road because that's where most human beings back down. Most human beings, it's cool. Like, all right, how do I heal? What do I got to do? Come on, tell me what I got to do. Close your eyes and meditate. All right, cool. No problem. I'll sit down and meditate. The real shit, the real shit comes when you got to deal with the fact that you have not forgiven your mother. Mm-hmm. When you have not forgiven your father. The real shit comes when you have to accept them for who they are. Yes. The real healing comes when you realize that the, 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 the parts of you that have resentment towards your mother and your father what you really have resentment towards is God and life itself. That's when it gets deep. That's when it gets deep. The real healing happens when you start to realize that that very resentment that you have towards your mother and your father, you have it towards God, you have it towards life. That's the very resentment that keeps you attracting the partners that you are attracting that treat you the way that you are treated, that you no longer want to be treated like. It's the very resentment that has you earning the little bit of money that you earn and being in this energy of victimization where you hate the rich people when you hate them because they're actually a mirror for who you could and should be if you only had the courage to let go of the resentment that you have towards your mother, your father, or whoever harmed you in your life. That's where the journey gets real. Oh, we're going to church tonight. We're going to relationship and healing church. (laughs) It's so true. You know, healing and forgiving that it is not easy. It is not easy. It is hard, especially when you've gone through trauma. And here's the thing, like I always tell people, forgiving is not necessarily saying that it's okay what someone did to you. It's not, it's not saying they were right. It's just, it's not holding on to that energy. It's just acknowledging like you have no power or control over their journey or what they went through, whether it's trauma that they've had or ancestral trauma or generational trauma. We can't control that. And sometimes people act in very strange ways based on their trauma and how they grew up. It's not, that's not that it's right, but you can hold on to it and you can pass it forward to your kids or you can say it stops with me and I'm going to forgive for myself to not hold on to that energy because if you stay in a lower vibration, if you stay on that vibrational match, that is what you're going to attract more of. And even from a theoretical standpoint, you know, I'm a therapist. I can tell you firsthand that when you have trauma, especially if you grew up in a chaotic household, that level of toxicity, that nervous system that's activated when you're a kid, if you're now going into relationships thinking that's what love is, you're going to think that, oh, this toxic relationship, that's that's what love is supposed to look like. And then you get with a healthy person and then you think they're boring. Right. I said it. It's it's so interesting that you say that because, and I can honestly say that this with, with, with Jen, I'm some, I just had a moment with her upstairs right now. I had a moment where I had 30 minutes and I was in between interviews and I just went upstairs and and I told my team, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hang out with Jen. And like, she comes over here and she straddles me and she, and she sits on me (laughs) and my face her face. And I just have this moment where I'm just like holding her and she tells me, I love you. And I tell you, I, I, I tell her, I love you. And I just sit there and I look at her and you know what love is? Love is arriving at that moment where everything and nothing coexists. And it's, it's like, 
It's like profound stillness, peace, acceptance, joy, all of it. It's all in one. And you, love is infinite because love is who we really are. And so everything that I thought love was, was all from my wounded small self. I thought love was the chase. That's why I used to love chasing women. Mm. I used to love going after the most hardest, difficult women that there was. The, the, the one woman that there was like no way I could ever get her, that's the one that I wanted. I wanted to go wrangle her down. And that's what would happen. Once I wrangled her down and I got her, okay, the chase is over. Now what? Interesting. Because I didn't know what love was. And you, and you know why I thought that's what love was? Because my mother and father didn't know how to show me love when I was a little boy. So I was chasing the very thing that I was looking for. And when I didn't find it, I was like, it's time for another chase. Let's go find more. Wow. That's a light bulb for me. Yeah. I've had a lot of men do that for it to me, chase me like literally. And finally, when I kind of give them a time of day and I see where things are going, poof, disappear. (laughs) Well, and let me explain to you because a healed man won't chase you. He'll pursue you. He'll pursue you and you can feel the subtle difference in that is that you feel him. And when you feel, when you come to him, you feel that strength in him. You feel that power in him. You feel that resolve to where he's drawing you in from his healed masculine energy. And there's a safety that you feel in that, right? There's a safety that you feel in that because you found safety in yourself. You found confidence in yourself so you can spot it. When you find true love, true safety, and true confidence within yourself, you could spot it in another human being. And there's still this dance. There's still this dance. And then little by little, little by little, it just starts to get closer and closer, closer and closer until you fall. That's why it's called falling in love. Because you're falling out of all of your defense mechanisms, all of the things that protect you. And you're vulnerable. You're both vulnerable. And you know very well that this person can harm you, that this person can hurt you. And you know what you do? You do the scariest shit of all. You choose to say, I don't care because I know they can hurt me, but there's something about them that feels safe and exciting. And, and it's this chemistry and it's this passion and it's anything like anything I've ever felt before. It's not chasing. It's not needing. It's this. It's this beauty, it's this presence, it's this stillness. And that's when you know it's real. That's when you know it's real. Oh, well, do you have a brother? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's real that, you know, when it's real, you know, it's real when it feels so right, it can't be wrong. That's Mm. when you know it's real. And what most women and men live in is they live in, it feels so wrong, it can't be right. But they're so Mm. afraid. They're so afraid to be by themselves. They're so afraid to harness their true power. And they're so afraid for the parts of them to die that need another human being that they suffer in stillness within their own hearts, not speaking their truth because they don't want to let go of the dissonance and the discomfort in the relationship that they're in, because that feels better to them than being alone. And I want to challenge every human being out there listening. The truth is you will never discover true love until you discover the feeling of power, 
of being with and by yourself and not needing anybody else. From there and that space, your soul and your heart opens up and it starts to attract your soul mate. Everything outside of that is a mind mate. It's from the woundings and the dissatisfactions of the mind that you're attracting a partner from. I want to touch on that. I You so beautifully said, by the way, but when you get to a point where you're comfortable being by yourself, it doesn't mean that you don't want a partner. It doesn't mean that you're not on the vibration to receive a partner. But I feel like you that when you get on that vibration, the universe will protect you from individuals who are not on that same level, who are not supposed to be in your life, who are not good for your life. And you'll start to attract people who are. So even though it may feel a little bit lonelier, you get to the point where you're okay with it. You know, like I'm to the point right now in my life, I'm very solid and I'm very grounded. I have my career. I have my kid. I have my home. If someone comes into my life tomorrow, great. And if that's the right person and that's my soulmate, amazing. But if it doesn't happen until next year or the year after that, I'm actually pretty fulfilled. So I am very confident that it will happen. I hear you talk about the feminine and the masculine. What is your opinion on this? When a man is seeking a woman, what what does it mean for a woman to be in her feminine? What kind of qualities is a man looking for in a woman? And when she's being completely in her feminine energy or what attracts a man when it comes to a woman being in her feminine? I got to answer that two, two ways. Okay. Because today's man honestly doesn't even know what he wants. And today's woman honestly doesn't even know who she is. And that's where dating is so messed up. It's so messed up because the man has been programmed to want what he doesn't even know what it is that he really wants. And he wants something superficial. He wants a show. I'm talking about an alpha man now. Let's talk about the successful man now for a second, right? The the successful man, the alpha man wants a trophy. Because all of his other life is a trophy. He's got the big business. He's got the big car. He's got the big watch. He has to have the trophy to go along with it so that the show all looks complete. You can never find happiness like that. It's just, you you just can never find happiness like that, right? The beta male, the beta male, the male who is maybe not in his masculine, in his true masculine energy, and probably doesn't earn that much money, probably um, is struggling. He wants a woman because the woman is going to bring him the partnership he needs to basically just be able to survive in life. So the beta male will normally attract a masculine or an alpha woman because combined their incomes can provide the life that he needs because he hasn't figured out how to do it on his own. Mm -hmm. Now to answer your question, Only the aligned masculine man, the man that is both, the man that has both figured out how to harness his financial ability to provide for himself and to provide for another human being, but also has the ability and has gone through the journey of healing his heart and soul. Only that man knows that he wants a feminine woman. Does that make sense so far? Yes, absolutely. My past. So let, me, so let me tell you the story with Jen and I. When I first met Jen, my, my, my partner, uh, when I first met Jen, true story, if she was here now, she would tell you and we would laugh about it. 
Jen was in her masculine. She is this beautiful, gorgeous, soft, spoken yoga teacher who, who looks straight out of a magazine, by the way, right? So I was like, hell yeah, I want me some Jen, right? But inside of, underneath all of that, I thought to myself, there's this quality about her. There's this quietness. There's this, that I thought was femininity is what I thought, right? Only to discover when I met her, she was in def defense because all of the relationships of her past had, had, essentially violated her trust and her heart. So she was always on guard. So it didn't work. We clashed at the beginning, right? And I literally remember telling her this. I said, you know what? You're like dating a beautiful dude is what you're like dating. And we, and we would joke about this, right? Only when I retracted and I no longer like pursued her and I literally told her, you know, I just want you to know that I'm okay with whatever happens. I'm okay with we're just friends. I'm okay if something happens, if it doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, if it doesn't happen, even better. So we can just go back to being friends. That she literally five days later told me, you know, something's changing inside of me. And I'm starting to feel things that I wasn't able to feel before. And that's when our chemistry and our polarity changed. And that's when she was able to drop into her feminine. So what does it look like for a woman to be in her feminine? She's safe. She's safe within herself. She's confident within herself. She knows who she is. She's connected to her heart. There's a sweetness and a kindness about her. She doesn't need your attention, right? She doesn't need your eyes on her. She's just very still and powerful in her own self and in her own being. And she doesn't need anything because she knows who she is. That in essence is the feminine, right? And then when that feminine meets an aligned and awakened and healed masculine, what happens is magic is able to happen because she gets to drop even more into that safety. Look at what I just did more into the safety and the man gets to drop more into his masculine and he gets to provide and she gets to receive and that's where life gets created and if you ever have a question about any of this stuff no matter what the tv or the news or cnn tells you just look at sex just look at the act of sex because the act of sex in and of itself is the act of creating life it is the truest definition of polarity and receivership and giving and offering in providership and receivership, right? If you really want to look at it, that's what it really is. A feminine woman is ready to receive, right? And also give back in the way that she gives back, but a masculine man is ready to provide. And the polarity and the harmony and the dance between those two, that's what creates life and creates a beautiful relationship. I resonate with that so much. I was in my masculine for so long. You know, I was in the Marine Corps. I've worked around men my entire career. I've worked in a federal prison, you know, so I was always kind of like on that edge. I don't need anybody. I can provide for myself. I don't need your help. And I started to slowly understand, you know, what it means to kind of even be more balanced. And I think right now I'm more in my feminine energy than I've ever been. There's still that sense of power. I love how you described it because I'm like, oh, finally, somebody describes me. You know, it's, it's that sense of I don't necessarily need somebody, but I do in a sense as well. I'm okay on my own, but I'm also okay if I'm with someone. 
I need to feel safe. When I feel safe with someone, especially when I'm with a man, my vulnerability comes out, my desire to cook comes out, my desire to express my love comes out, my desire to be with someone and communicate my love comes out. When I'm not safe, when I don't feel safe, you're mm-hmm. going to get a very stern, solid side of me. You're going to be, it's going to be like touching a cactus. I'm not going to want to be touched. I don't want to be around you. You're going to kind of get a little bit of a bitchy side, even though I'm always nice to everybody. But it's a very, very polar opposite of who I am when I feel safe. And feeling safe requires trust. It mm-hmm. requires very solid, open communication. And it. I need to feel safe not only in your presence, but sexually, I need to feel safe. And when I'm open sexually, that is just like a whole, because sex is not just sex for me. Sex is an exchange of energy. Sex is how I show my love. It's how I show someone I care about them, which is honestly, and there's no shade against anybody who wants to have their whole phase or wants to go out. But for me, I cannot be intimate with someone unless I feel safe and I know I have feelings for you and I know that you have good intentions. And sometimes you can't always predict that, but it's why I've been celibate for two years. It sucks, yeah. but I, I know I'm, I'm looking for my person and I know how I can be. So I need to wait. Carissa, and I, I want to honor that in you because I feel that in you. I, I see it in you. I, and it, I see it in the little subtleties and the way your hair is falling over your face. And it's like, it's that feminine power. I see it in your shoulders or back. And I see it in the way that you describe your femininity. And it, I, I, I wish that the women that are listening could see this in you. Because when you first told me that you were in the Marines, I was like, oh, that's, that's very masculine. Not right or wrong, but it's, that's very mm-hmm. masculine. So for you to say that shows that you have done the work and it shows that you've come a long way, you know? And then, and then Carissa, if if we want to get a little bit deeper here, it's like so many women also struggle in the act of sex where it's causing them pain. Their body doesn't create the fluid that they should be creating. Um, um, And, and there's so much trauma in, in that, in that privacy in their body. Why? It's because they don't feel safe. It's because they don't feel trustworthy, right? They don't feel that. And a lot of times it's because of things that happened in the past. But when a woman finally does feel safe, what happens? You don't have to do anything. The body just like, just opens and starts rushing and shit starts happening. And it's like, (laughs) you're just like, fuck, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? It's it's because it's our nature. It's just our nature. Yes, 100% agree. You ain't got to move and stuff will happen. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Danny, what's your, I kind of want to close with this because we, God, we had such an amazing conversation. I love all the topics we talked about. What is your definition of a successful relationship? Let's end with that. You mean between a, a man and a woman? Yes. Or humans and in, in general. Humans, humans. Okay. I'll do men and women. And, and by the way, for all of my gay friends out there, I love you. I just, I don't, I, I like to be authentic. And so I only talk about what I have experienced. If if I don't know yeah, it, that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know how to teach to it or talk about it. But totally my fair. You're a heterosexual man, so that's completely fair. Yeah, yeah. My definition of a successful relationship is a relationship where you have a healed man and a healed woman that is spiritually connected that is not operating from the wounds of their past, but that is in fulfilled alignment with who they are today. 
that the man has decided the type of woman he wants, the qualities that he wants, and he has not deviated from those qualities and he will not settle for less. And the woman has defined and decided the types of qualities that she wants in a man and she will not deviate from those qualities and she's willing to wait until she finds him and their souls draw each other in and they become one. And in that union of oneness, they start to heal parts of themselves the same way you would in a plant medicine ceremony together. And in that togetherness, they feel safe. They feel whole. They feel complete. They feel heard. They feel like they can communicate and say anything. And they feel most importantly, the ability to be who they really are. That's my definition of a successful relationship. I mean, beautiful. We can wrap with that. That was amazing. Um, Danny, I'm going to link every for everyone to find you, your Instagram, your social media, but I would real quick love for you to just touch base on what are you up to? I know you have a podcast. Please talk about your podcast a little bit and any projects you're working on. Yeah. Uh, the podcast name is The Higher Self. We have wonderful uh, guests. Oh, by the way, I want to have you on because you, you were- yes. a, a, Yeah, you were wonderful. Like you really- Let's do it. Uh, energy. Yeah. We'll have you on a half Casper reach out. Awesome. And, and, um, it's the higher self it's on Spotify, Apple, all things, you know, podcasts. And then my event is a, is a three day transformational event called awaken, uh, where we take people, um, over three days into very, very deep parts of themselves that they have not known how to access. And we gently guide them into healing those parts of themselves that they want to heal in order to transform their lives. And, um, and then finally, I have something called the community where um, you get trainings and recordings as such downloaded every month into your online portal. And uh, it's, it's like a pathway to discovering your highest self as well. So that's what I'm up to. And if people want to find me, they can find me on Instagram and that's, or TikTok. And that's Danny Morell, D-A-N-N-Y-M-O-R-E-L. Danny, thank you so much for your energy, your time, your vulnerability, because you shared some things about you that was very vulnerable that you haven't shared on other platforms. And I just thank you so much. And uh, my gratitude is reaching out to you because I'm just so thankful for you coming on the show. And I know so many people are going to get so much out of this, including myself. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.